Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So the theme uh, for this month at the City Light Church is activated, 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 activated. And I'm going to be talking more about that as we move on. So we are getting activated this month, getting activated. Uh, Hallelujah. I mean, what does it mean to be activated? You know, the dictionary meaning of the word to activate. Now, there are several meanings to it, you know, all related. But let me just share some with you. Uh, The first one says to make active, to make something active, something that has been passive or dormant, to make it active, to cause something to function or to act, or to cause something to start, something that has stopped, to cause it to start. So in the month of August, I'm prophesying over you, those of you are watching me, God is going to make some things that have been dormant in your life active. God is going to cause some things that have stopped functioning in your life, in our midst, in our families, in our church, in our, in our city, in our, in, our, in our society, in, in, you know, in all your concerns. God is going to cause some of those things that have ceased to function to begin to act and to begin to function again. Some things that have stopped, that have stopped, they've stopped functioning. It could be your gift. It could be your talent, it could be your dreams, it could be, you know, your spirituality, it could be something, it could be a relationship, it could, I mean, what, your ministry, your calling, whatever it is that, that stopped, that needs restarting, God is going to cause it to start. Because we are in the month that God is activating us again. God is activating his church. God is activating you. God is activating your family. Now, the second meaning in the dictionary of the word activate is to set up or formally institute an organized group, such as a military unit, with the necessary personnel and equipment. In other words, they say they just activated the National Guard. You know, they just activated you know, this particular uh, you know, battalion or whatever. So it's setting up a unit to, to, you know, to institute and organize, formally institute an organized group. You know that the church is an army. The church is an organized group. Your family is an organized group. Your purpose and destiny and the gift of God and what God has put inside of you is organized. So activation means we are setting it up. We are formally, we are formally instituting. So meaning that some things are going to be formally set up some things are going to be formally instituted in our lives, in our church. We're, we're instituting things. We are equipping everybody with the necessary personnel, uh, with the necessary equipment, with what they need. We're going to be stirring up the gifts of people. The Holy Ghost is going to be doing It's going to be stirring up in our spirit, in our hearts, for the glory of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So it's time to get activated. Now the third uh, definition that I want to show you is to put an individual or unit on active duty. 
to put an individual or unit on active duty. So you notice that some of the things that have happened in the past few months, some of us have left active duty. You know, we're working, we're doing things and all that, but there were some certain things that we're doing before that we had to stop. There are certain things that, you know, certain uh, aspect of our calling, certain aspect of our lives that, you know, that, you know, have been dormant that God wants to, God wants to activate. God wants to reactivate it. So I want you to say to yourself that in the month of August, I am getting activated. I am getting activated. My calling is getting activated. My gifts are getting activated. Oh, the, the, the deposit of God inside of me is getting activated. My joy is getting activated. The fruit of the Spirit is getting activated. The gift of the Spirit is getting activated. Oh, I'm getting activated. I'm getting excited. Man, I'm really getting excited as I'm preaching this right now. Now, there's another word that I would like to define before I move on into the, the point of my message today. is the word dormant. Dormant. Because, you know, it takes, it, it takes something dormant to be activated. So, to be dormant means, uh, you know, dictionary definition means it's something is marked by a suspension of activity. So, when something has gone dormant, activities have been suspended. Is that not what has happened to us you know, I was, you know, I was looking at myself, um, I, 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 I weighed myself, you know, you know, some days ago, and I discovered that, wow, I had actually gained some, you know, some pounds, you know, not, not so much, but I gained some pounds. And then I looked at my workout routine and all that, I was like, man, I was really on, I mean, I was, on, you know, very consistent, going to the gym and exercising, doing aerobic, you know, carrying weight and doing that before the lockdown. But since we moved into the lockdown, I discovered that it's just been start and stop and, you know, go on the treadmill and something. I don't want to go on the treadmill inside the house because it's just boring. You know, I'll do some work. I'll do some, you know, just do some exercise, do whatever. But it has, it has not been consistent. So I had gone dormant in that area. I had gone dormant. In certain, certain other areas, look, I looked and said, wow, I've gone dormant in these areas. All as a result of the pandemic. And then the Holy Spirit, you know, began to, it began to, you know, move upon me. The Holy Spirit, you know, just began to stir up my spirit. And I, you know, you know that you got to activate this thing back. You got to activate this thing back. Started putting things in place and all that to reactivate that. So to be dormant means a suspension of activity. Is there something that has been suspended in your life? Are there things that have just gotten suspended because of what has happened so far this year? It's time for you to be reactivated. Now, another definition of the, to be dormant is to be temporarily devoid of external activity. To be temporarily devoid of external activity. In other words, maybe some things are going on inside of you, but really things are not happening outside of you. Because some people, some, some great things have been happening inside of you. They've been studying, they've been praying. God has actually been working certain things in their hearts. But it's all internal. You know, a good example I can give you is, you know, when you talk about a, a volcano. You know, a volcano in, that erupts doesn't just start, you know, doesn't just start erupting at that moment. It, there, were, there were times when, I mean, there was a long time where that mountain or that uh, volcanic peak had stayed dormant. Sometimes it's hundreds of years and, you know, it's just been dormant. But while it was dormant, certain things were taking place pressure was building, then one day it just explodes. So meaning, meaning that being dormant does not necessarily mean that no activity is taking place. Some things 
may have been taking place inside of you. And I know, like some of us during this, during this uh, pandemic and, you know, shutdown and all this stuff, certain things have been happening in our spirit. God has been realigning things. God has been working in our life. It's time now for those things to be activated. It's time for those things to burst out into the open. It's time for the revelation that God has been showing you in the closed doors to begin to come to the outside. It's time for it to happen right now. And the anointing of God is coming upon you in the month of August to activate you from that, from that, from that dormancy in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, another definition is to lie asleep or to lie asleep asleep, to be inactive, you know, or to be inoperative, to be inoperative. You know, that was something is, something is asleep. Do you get it? It's asleep. When something is asleep, it doesn't mean it's dead. It just means that certain things are suspended because it's, in, it's, in a, state of, it's, it's a state of slumber. So I just want you to know, maybe you are listening to me right now and you feel like, oh, there were some things that I had that were functional in my life. Maybe I've lost them. You know, because you have not used them for a long time. No, you are just sleeping and you just need to be woken up. And the Spirit of God is waking you up right now. The Spirit of God is waking us up this month. We're going to rise up from sleep. Those things that have been lying asleep, they are going to become operative again. I want you to declare it right now. Declare it right now, you know, that I am being activated. I'm being moved from sleep, from slumber, I'm being moved from, from dormancy, and I'm being activated for God's purpose and God's plan. The church of Jesus Christ is being activated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the last definition is temporarily in inactivity, though capable of being activated. So, the fact that you are temporarily in activity does not mean that you are not capable of being activated. You can be activated. So, so, so that, those are the two definitions, you know, that I wanted to share with you today of the word activate and the word uh, dormancy. Uh, God is about to move us, you know, shake certain things in our lives from dormancy and move it into his divine activities. God desires that to happen in our lives. Uh, for example, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12, you know, I love this passage, you know, the book of Hebrews was written to believers who were getting tired, they were going through tough times, and they wanted to return back to Judaism, they were getting tired, you know, and in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12, uh, the writer says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees, mark out a straight path, or, for, or make level path for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. At the NLT, I love the NLV, it says, Mark out a straight path for your feet, so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but they will become strong. So what he, what he was saying is that, you know, as a result of, you know, all the things that have, that have been happening, things that happen to us, sometimes we find out that, you know, our, our, our feet, you know, they, they, they are weak. Our knees are feeble. Our hands are feeble. And we just find ourselves that, you know what, I just discouraged. I don't know if some of you have gone through that because I have gone through that. You know, you just get to a point, you just feel tired. You just feel like, oh, when is this going to even end? When is this routine going to stop? Or when am I going to be able to do this? And then you just find yourself like you are not as, you know, as active as you're as you supposed to be, as, you know, as, you know, uh, you know, strong as you are supposed to be. You know that there's strength in your spirit. You know there's a calling in your spirit. You know there's a purpose in your spirit. You know what God showed you when you entered this year. You know what God has spoken to you about your life, but you just find out that things are not the way, you know, you, you're not feeling it like you used to feel it any longer. Not that we live by our feelings, but, you know, our feelings, you know, let us know what is going on around us. 
God says that the, the, you can make straight path for your feet. You can, you, know, you, you, know, you can become strong again. You, know, you, can, you can strengthen your feeble knees. You can strengthen your feeble knees. So this month, every feeble knee will be strengthened. I prophesy of everybody watching me right now, wherever you are, that right now you are receiving supernatural strength. Your feet represent what you used to walk. It represents how you walk in your divine purpose. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that what you need for your motion, what you need for the next level, the spiritual, the spiritual energy that you need for the next level, the mental energy that you need for the next level, the physical energy that you need for the next level. I declare that it is being released upon you right now. And you will rise up. You are activated. You are strengthened to move on. I come against discouragement. I come against any one of those things that the devil has brought, you know, has brought to your mind to just keep you down. And I declare that you are emerging out of dormancy and you are moving into God's activated state because he has a great assignment for you and the God show is on and you are a part of it. You are, you are a part of it. Your next act is about to begin as you are activated. Your next act in the God show is beginning right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, 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 wow. You know, I'm getting excited as I'm preaching. Now, we're going to be using the book of Acts. Interestingly, you know, you know the book of Acts this month as we study this theme, activated. You know, we're going to be studying the book of Acts. The book of Acts is very relevant, very important, you know, for, you know, for the now, very important for what we, are, you know, what we are talking about, what we're studying right now, because, um, you know, because of just what took place in the book of Acts. Now, you know, the book was written by Luke, a physician, one of those people you know, was, who followed Paul and all that, he wrote the book, and it was an investigatory book. You know, um, he first of all wrote the book of Luke. Uh, it was a two-volume book uh, work that he did. He first of all wrote the book of Luke, where he talked about the ministry of Jesus you know, while he was here on the earth. Then he continued in the book of Acts, the second volume, when he talked about the work of Jesus after he had ascended to the heavens through the Holy Spirit, you know, through the apostles, by the Holy Spirit, through the apostles. So, so the book of Acts is about how Jesus Christ kept on walking, how he activated and reactivated the people that he left, you know, that he left on the earth, and how they went on to change the world. And so that's, we're studying it. And today, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1. The, and the title of my message today is Reactivated, Reactivated. Now, Acts chapter 1 is very, very interesting. And there's a lot of things that we can learn from this. I just want to quickly, you know, share three points, three main points with you today about this title, Reactivated. Now, why, um, why is Acts chapter 1 uh, very important? Let's go to my first point for today. Uh, I titled it Reactivation Sought. Reactivation Sought. Let's go a little bit back uh, before what took place in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. I'm going to be reading some of the passage. Uh, so Acts chapter 1 from verse 1 you know, starts you know, by talking about um, the first book that he wrote. He said, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So that's the book of Luke. He said, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he has chosen. Then verse 3, after his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Let's pause there a little bit. After his suffering. That word is loaded. After his suffering. So I want you to understand the context of what took place in Acts chapter 1. 
The Acts chapter 1 was what took place. It took, it took place after Jesus Christ had died. Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. And then he went to meet his disciples. And he began to encourage them. And began to tell them of things that were going to happen before he ascended to heaven. But the word after his suffering is very important. Because it's a short phrase that he used there. But it packs a lot of things in there. So the past few days have been very tough for the disciples. Because when Jesus Christ was going through his suffering, they were also going through certain things too. So things were happening around them. Jesus was taken, Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was beaten. Jesus was crucified. Uh, Jesus was buried. It, was, it wasn't only Jesus that was going through that time. They, were, they all, being the company of Jesus, they were going through a tough time. It was, it was such a tough time. A lot of things had happened to them. You know, that, that, you know, and those things had an effect on them. It had caused them to become deactivated. You know, they, 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 were, they, were, they were not, you know, motivated. So Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1 was seeking to remotivate them and to reactivate them for the assignment that he had for them. That he had for them. They, were, they, were, they had gone through a lot. You know, they were hiding. They were afraid. And, you know, if Peter had even... Peter even left, you know, he went back to the fishing. You know, remember at the beginning when Jesus met uh, Peter, he called him, you know, and, uh, you know, I called him from fishing and said, I'll make you fishers of men. After Jesus Christ died, Peter said, you know, I'm going fishing. He went back to his profession. He left what he was doing before. He was discouraged. He had betrayed Jesus several times. They had lost members of their company. Judas had betrayed Jesus. They were scattered and their master and everything that they promised them. It seemed that all those things was gone. So they were in a demotivated state. And Jesus Christ came back and when he rose again and he wanted to activate them because of what was going to happen. Isn't that very similar to what is going on right now? If you don't believe that, let me show you some of the characteristics, some of the things that happened. Uh, what, what happened to them that got them demotivated? Uh, let's, you know, you see some of the things that those things are very similar to what happens to us that gets us demotivated. Let's look at the first one. The first one there was that they had gone through a series of frustrating incidents. They had gone through a series of frustrating incidents. Listen, when you go through a, a series of frustrating incidents, like some of the things that have happened this year, you know, start, stop, you know, somebody died, lost people, all kinds of things happening. You get, you can get demotivated. You can get, you can become dormant. You know, you can, you can, you can lose your vitality. You know, because of all the different things that are happening, that that, that, that have happened. You know, Jesus was taken. Jesus died. Their hope were dashed. You know, some of them had made mistakes, betrayed Jesus. You know, Peter has returned to his profession. They had gone through a series of frustrating incidents. So they were, they were deactivated. They were dormant. Number two. Number two thing, uh, fear incapacitation. Fear incapacitation. You know, like I showed you earlier, because of all the things that had happened, there was fear in the heart of the disciples. They were locked behind closed doors. Let's read it again. John chapter 20 verse 19 that is attached to our theme for the year. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were locked indoors because of fear. Because of fear. Isn't that similar to what is happening right now? You know, we are on lockdown. You know, that because there's a virus that is out there that is going to kill. Their own wasn't a virus, but they were locked because they were afraid that they would be killed just like Jesus, you know, was killed. 
So they had they have fear incapacitation. I remember the children of Israel. They were incapacitated. They were deactivated because of fear. God had told them that they, they, were, they, they, they were going to take the promised land. They were able to take the promised land. They were, you know, that there are grapes in the promised land. So they sent 12, 12, 12 spies. Uh, Moses sent them to go and check out the land. And those 12 spies, they came back. And they talked about the fact that, yeah, the land is as beautiful. It's great. It's full of grapes. Like God told us that it was going to be. But there are giants in the land. And so when the people heard about the giant, that they were so big that they were small in their sight and they would just, you know, devour them, they would hit them, they would destroy them, everybody became afraid. Everybody became afraid. Apart from two people that had a different spirit, Joshua and Caleb, who came out and said, you know what, I know the giants are there, I know the giants are there, but the grapes are there. But most importantly, God has told us to go. We are well able to overcome this thing. We are well able to, to take this land. But all the people were afraid and they, started to, they wanted to stone Moses, you know, because he brought them into the wilderness. And they began to, you know, turn against God and, you know, just, you know, you know complain and everything. So they didn't move and they died in the wilderness. They were incapacitated by fear. The same thing, the disciples, they were going through this fear incapacitation. But thank God, Jesus came to them and introduced them to the God show. He showed them his hand and said, in the midst of your fear, I am here to reactivate you. I'm here to get you going. Have you been, have you been dealing with fear? Maybe there's somebody watching me right now. Maybe you've been dealing with fear. You know, don't be condemned about it. There's a lot of things that are happening that can get people fearful. People are dying because of a disease. A lot of, you know, terrible things are happening. Not only, not only is the disease killing people, there's violence that is taking place in the city. A lot of people are being shot all over if you live in the city of Chicago. And a lot of things are happening all around the world. It doesn't matter where you're watching me from. That can generate fear. And then because of the fear, you become inactive. You just say, you know, let me just stay behind my locked doors. Your locked doors might not even be the locked doors of a house. Might even be going to work right now, going to work because you are, you are an essential worker, or you are going to work because your work has opened and all that, but you are still living in a, lo in a locked door. The locked door of your emotions. The locked door of your depression. The locked door of, you know, of your fears, of your thinking, you know, and all that. So you, the door, your, your spirit, your heart is locked. It's like your, your purpose, your destiny, you just put it on old and just say, you know, 2020, you know, it's, you know, it's not part of, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm going to count 2020 any longer because I don't think this year is already wasted and you have locked things up. I'm here to announce to you that in your locked door right now, Jesus is coming to you and Jesus is going to release you from that prison, from that locked prison that you are in is bringing you out so that you can still live in the midst of what is happening in the world right now. You can still live because you can live because God is with you. So, so, so fear incapacitation. Look at it, the next thing. Why, you know, why, 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 do we, why do we get, you know, dormant sometimes? I call it faith improvement. You see, sometimes, you know, sometimes we go dormant or things happen that get us dormant because we need a rehabilitation for our faith. This is, this is a positive, you know, part of why God allows us, allows some dormancy at times. And then it has to reactivate us again. Because we need a time for our faith to be improved. So because of what had happened to the disciples, they had lost their confidence and all that. So God, Jesus was spending some time with them to try and rehabilitate their faith. Look at the way he says it in Acts chapter 1 verse 3. He said, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And spoke about the kingdom of God. He was giving them proofs. I'm alive. Guys, 
Show, see this, I'm alive, I'm alive. You know, that convinced them. He was trying to work on their faith. So listen, in, this, in the time of dormancy, time that, you know, in that we've gone through, maybe one of the things that God has been doing in your life is that he's been, trying, he's been trying to show you to just get your faith to come up again. I believe this message also will help you in that direction. So, you know, he's trying to show you that, you know what, you know, I'm still alive. I'm still the same God. Listen, I'm still at work. The God show is still on. He's still encouraging you. He's still stirring you up. So sometimes, you know, in the time of dormancy, you know, God, God does that to us like he was doing to these people here. Now, the next one is, why do people go dormant again? Number, number four, be foolish, I call it foolish inquiry. Look at what the disciples said. He said, some, they said in Acts chapter, 16, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, look at it. They said, then they gathered around him and they asked. They, they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. He was telling them, the question that you are asking is foolish. It's, it's, it's not the right question. That's not something you need to bother yourself with. You see, they, they, a lot of things were happening in their world. The Romans, you know, were, were ruling over them. And they were like, oh, this kingdom has, this Messiah has come. This king has come. Now it's the time for us to just get off the, you know, the, the, this burden of the Romans. And then, you know, Israel is going to be, you know, you know, the kingdom is going to be restored back to Israel. And we're not going to be ruled by the Romans anymore. They were asking questions. They were doing that. I mean, they were genuine. They were, like, I mean, they were, they were sincere. But Jesus told them, you know what? Listen, that's not what you need to focus your attention on right now. What you need to focus your attention on right is what I'm about to tell you. Those questions are not for you, are not for you to, uh, to ask because the answer is not going to come. I mean, this is very, very important because one of the things that causes us to become demotivated or causes us to become deactivated or dormant is because we're asking questions that we're not, we're not supposed you know, to really you know, focus on because those things are things that God has committed into his hands. So, for example, questions are like, oh, when is this going to end? Don't bother about that. Focus on what you got to do, what God is telling you to do now. God asked Corona. God asked all these things happening in the world in his hand. And when the, the time comes, things are going to shift. You focus on what you are supposed to be doing in the now. Focus on, oh, what about, oh, there was one Christian, you know, there, um, you know, and then, you know, he was saying that he believed or whatever, and then he died. Now, I know we ask those kind of questions, but one thing I've learned is that some, some of those questions, they become demotivating. I'm not, I'm somebody who believes in inquiry and studying the word of God, but I know that there are certain questions that there's no way I can ever find an answer to because one of the things that can never happen is that you can never be in the heart of the person who passed away or who died or who experienced something to, to know what exactly was going on in their heart. So you, do, you can't even judge. No matter how, how many analysis, how much analysis we do, we don't understand what took place. Only God understands what took place. So such questions, I leave them to God and let God answer them. And I just focus on what the word of God says because God says one day he's going to clarify everything to us that we don't understand. The secret thing belongs to the Lord, but the things that are revealed are unto us and our children. So those are the things that we are supposed to act on, the things that are revealed to us. So don't bother yourself by asking these questions because they become demotivating. They, they, they just get you dumber. Before you know it, you are depressed, you are afraid, and you are not able to do anything because your mind, the devil has actually amplified those questions and has made you lose your trust in God, has made you lose your confidence in God, and you find yourself just there, dormant. The last one, why do we some, uh, sometimes go Dormant, the last one. I call it future impartations. 
So sometimes the Holy Spirit will allow a season where we go dormant because it's preparing us for something that is to come. There's a new era that is coming and it wants us to be in his presence, to be without distraction so that we can receive the anointing. Jesus told the disciples, uh, he said, on one occasion, as he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait on the gift of my father, or the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he said, in a few days. Meaning that, you know what? I know you guys, you got to be dormant right now. You got to stay there, tarry, wait, because something is about to happen. A new era is about to be released. And listen, I want to tell you what the Spirit of God is telling me. He said, we have gone on a retreat. We have gone on a rest. Ah, no, no, you know, no. In the midst of that, God has been working. God has been preparing us. And the anointing, a fresh anointing is coming upon us because there's a revival that is breaking forth upon our city, breaking, breaking forth upon our, our, our families, breaking forth upon our world. God, is pre- God has been preparing us to re-strategize, to realign, to be rejuvenated you know, to rest and to prepare and to see what is about to do. The God show is happening from our closed doors. The God show is launching us to the world. It's launching us to the world as you're going to see what I'm talking about right now. That is a time of rejuvenation. It's a time of revival. God is working within us because empowerment is about to flow. A new level of the anointing. A new flow of operation. The disciples were going to take the gospel to the rest of the world. They were going to preach like they had never preached before. Jesus was not going to be with them physically. They were going to do the works of Jesus. And God was, you know, was preparing them for that. So listen, ask yourself, what am I being prepared for? Lord, what is that thing that you have ahead of me that this season you are preparing me for? And what do I need to do so that I can be fully aligned with your preparation? You talk to God about that and he begin to show you his own perspective concerning this season. Don't listen to just the perspective of the world, the perspective of the news, the perspective of the government of the world, not even the perspective of the scientists and the doctors alone. They all have their place, but I want you to listen to the perspective of God. I want you to understand what God is doing in your life. Say, Lord, what is the purpose of this season for me? And they will begin to show you that he's preparing you for something and something's are meant to happen while you are there. Let me go to my second point very quickly because of time. I call it reactivation scenario. So I, want, I just want to quickly show you what happens when you become reactivated. So that's in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. What happens when we become reactivated? This is what we're going to focus our prayers on, our, our, our desires on in this month of August. What happens when somebody gets reactivated? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says... You will receive power after the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Acts 1.8, in all Judea, in all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Oh, let me quickly show you some things in that verse, some powerful things. The first thing that will happen when somebody is activated is that they will experience an encounter with the Spirit. 
Oh, there will be an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Listen, there's an encounter with the Holy Spirit happening to you right now. I'm coming upon you in this season. He said, you are going to encounter the power of God. I know a lot of you listening to me right now. You know, you have, you, have, you, 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 have, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you because you've been born again. Some of you that are watching me right now, I have never experienced it. But this reactivation is going to come by the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to spend some time talking about that this month. You're going to be reactivated to the power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Listen, an encounter with the Holy Ghost can never leave you the same. You see, I've had certain encounters in my life like that at different points where the Holy Ghost will come, the Holy Spirit will come upon me, either through a time, extended time of prayer or worship or studying the Word, and then I don't remain the same any longer. Something happens to me. A new level of empowerment comes. I'm reactivated for the next level. I'm activated for the next level. That is going to happen to you this month. Number two, supernatural endowment. So when you have a spirit encounter, what usually happens is that you are endued supernaturally. The word endued there means to be clothed. Jesus told them, he said, he said in, the, in Acts chapter 1, they say that you will receive power. Earlier he told them, he said, stay in Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. Listen, many of you right now, you are watching me and you feel incapable, you feel tired, you feel like, you know what, some of the things I'm seeing, some of the things that I know that my life is supposed to be about, I don't even have the ability. Listen, you just need to change your clothes. Just need to change your clothes. God is going to clothe you with supernatural power such that you are able to function by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's going to reactivate you by enduing you with supernatural power. Come on, say amen to that in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, the next thing I call it self-evolution. Self-evolution from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be. You will be. He said, when Jesus used that word, you will be. You will be. He's talking about a transformation that was going to take place in those people. You know, that was their self is going to become somebody. They're going to evolve and become somebody else. A good example was Peter. Peter was shaken, running away, denying Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, later in chapter 2 of Acts of the Apostle, Peter spoke and 3,000 people were born again. He was a transformed man. He was a transformed man. I remember when I became a transformed man. You know, I, I was made a pastor. Then I became a pastor, and you know I would come and preach, and I'll preach for maybe like you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'll get I just don't know what to say anymore. All my inspiration is gone. Even though I had a full note, I was not I, I didn't know what to do, and people would be wondering what is going on. You know, I couldn't do that until one day God led me to go and pray for 20 hours in the spirit. And then I went to pray 20 hours in the spirit with my friend, and I came back the next day when I finished and I came back, we prayed from 3 p.m. to 11 a.m. And I had a meeting some hours after when I came to that meeting, I didn't even know anything. That happened to me during the prayer. As I opened my mouth to begin to speak after that 20 hours, the people that I was speaking to could not, they could not believe what was happening to them because what kept on flowing through me and I spoke for five hours. People were lying on the floor. People, were, people could not move. You know, the whole place was filled with the power of God. You know, God changed me. And since that time, I've been operating with that power of utterance. I also began to see things in the spirit, began to know how to interpret the directions of God. That happened to me because of an encounter with the spirit. And I'm saying that it's an encounter that is happening to you right now. And it's an encounter that's going to happen to you this month. In the name of Jesus, that's going to take you into a new level of yourself. You're going to see Jesus Christ really, really being formed inside of you. You're going to see yourself become another person. You're going to look at yourself and say, is this, a, is this, is this me? When you begin to do certain things because you have been activated by God. Hallelujah. 
The next one, I call it spirit-filled evangelism. What happens when somebody is activated? You see, sometimes you are shy to preach, the, to preach about Jesus, to talk about him on social media, to talk about him with your family. But listen, when you have this encounter, when you have this reactivation, you are going to become an evangelist for Jesus. You will share about him at your, in your workplace. You will share about him on social media. You will share about him with people that, that you meet everywhere because a transformation has taken place in your life. Uh, the last one there, what happens... When we become activated, you become, you, you know, I call it social empowerment. You become a world changer. You become a world changer. Look at the way Jesus said it. He said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all over the earth. In other words, it's going to start from your home. It's going to start from where you are. But then you are going to become a witness, a proof producer, a spirit-filled evangelist. That will, begin to exp- that will be- begin to release social impact everywhere you go. The power of God will begin to walk through you to affect your society, to affect your nation, to affect beyond your nation. Man, that's what happened to some of us who were just people. I was born in Papua Shafa, Agege, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I had an encounter with the Holy Ghost at the age of 16. And at the age of 16, he told me, he said, I'm calling you to a ministry to the nation. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But through different, you know, years and years and years of working with God at different things, I discovered that the Holy Spirit has a way of actually preparing you and empowering you so that you can become an impact to everyone around you and to become an impact to nations. And I'm speaking to somebody who's listening to me right now. You might feel down right now, but I'm here to speak to you that the Holy Spirit has an assignment for you in your own sphere of influence. You might not be a preacher. It might just be in your medical medical profession. It might be your music profession. It might be your legal profession. You know, there's something that God asks for you and God wants to activate you so that you can be an impact to this nation, an impact to your nation, an impact to your generation. Expect it right now because reactivation is taking place. So this is our scenario. This is, this is the scenario of re- reactivation. This is how it looks. This is how it looks. And this is, these are the things we are believing God for in this season, in this month. That God will give us a spirit encounter. That God will give us supernatural endowment. That God will transform ourselves or to become somebody else. That God will make us spirit-filled evangelists. And that God will make us people who have social impact. That will be able to impact our world practically in the place where God has called us. And that we'll be able to do it collectively as a body. We're able to glorify God. We're able to reach out to people. We're able to transform our world like what happened to them in the Acts of the Apostles. Let me end my message by going to my, to my third and final point. My third and final point, I call it the reactivation sequence. This is where I want to end. So I've told you right now the reasons for dormancy. Uh, you know, I've told you about, you know, which, which, I, which I called uh, the, the reactivation sort. You know, why there was a need uh, for reactivation because of dormancy. And then I just spoke to you about the reactivation scenario. What does it look like? when we are reactivated. My last point is the reactivation sequence. What is actually the way to get reactivated? What are the steps to get reactivated individually and collectively as a body so that we can have that scenario take place in our lives? I want to show you in Acts of the Apostles. So let's go forward in Acts chapter 1 that we're studying today. So the first step, the first step to reactivation, the first step to reactivation is return to seek. Return to seek God. Listen, no matter what has been happening for the past few months, it's time for us to return to God 
and actually begin to seek him for those things that I just outlined, the transformation that's supposed to take place through our reactivation. Look at what happened in Acts chapter 1. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Um, then, Pete, then when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present there were John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. And they all joined together. Look at that. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with, the, with, his, with, his, with his brother. So if the women are there, you know, the children are also there. You know, that's the way it works in those days. Listen, what happened was that when, they, when Jesus left and ascended and all that, and Jesus told them there's going to be a reactivation. There's something that's going to happen that's going to unleash you to the world. You've been behind closed doors, but you're about to be unleashed to the world. What did they do? They came together and began to seek God. They began to seek God. And that's what I want you uh, to tell us today, that you know, in this season, God is calling us. God spoke to me. He said, you know, make this. And God is calling us to a time of seeking God together. A time of seeking God together. And that's why today, today, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting from August 2nd to August 22nd. We're going to be seeking God together from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Every weekday morning, we're going to be meeting. From 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturday, we're going to be meeting together to via Zoom to pray. You know, I put it up on Facebook, and some people started sending me messages from other places, from other countries that they would like to join. So we're going to be joining. You know, we're going to be joining. There are some other believers doing the same thing. Too. We're going to be joining them. We're going to be praying. We're going to be praying. We're going to be seeking God. We're going to be seeking God for reactivation. We're going to be seeking God for rejuvenation. We're going to be seeking God for revival. We're going to be seeking God for restoration of the things that have been lost. That's what they began to do. They began to pray in the upper room. We're going to our own upper room. We're going to be going. We're going to be zooming in. We're going to be praying through Zoom. We're going to come together. We're going to seek God for reactivation, for an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, for a, re, a re, refilling, him filling of the Holy Ghost, a, a, a release of the Spirit of God upon our lives uh, for, for, for a new season, for what God has in store for us. We're going to be, do, be doing that. Number two, how, what is the sequence for reactivation? The first thing was that they returned to seek they began to seek God, so I'm calling upon you to join, join you know, bring your children in there, logging into Zoom, you know, and join us in prayer for the next 21 days. Let's seek God together. If you want to have some fasting to it, we're not making that mandatory. If you want to have some fasting to it, you can have some fasting to it. But this is the time to seek the Lord for a, re, for a rejuvenation, for a reactivation. Number two, reapply the scriptures. Reapply the scriptures. You see, you know, when things have happened, like what had, what had happened to the disciples before now and some of the things that have happened to us this year, you discover that, you know, because of all the different things, if your faith is not really well-grounded, you discover that you stop applying the scriptures to the, problem, to the problems that you faced. You know, before we went into the pandemic, you were that person who was full of faith. You applied the scriptures to everything. But now, you know, you are, you know, you are rationalizing the scriptures, you know. 
you are, you know, you are, you are looking at the circumstances and you are going just by, you know, the, the advice of, you know, of uh, what do you call it, of, of, of secular people. I'm not saying you shouldn't go by the advice of people. There's some sound advice and good advice there. But that shouldn't be your basis, you know. There are things going on in your relationship right now. You, you want to seek, you know, the advice of people who don't have God, you know, the secular one. Sometimes it's good, you know, you go do some counseling and all that, professional counseling. Those who have, you know, who have been taught in certain areas and who have certain skills in that area, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that even while you are doing that, understand that your answer is in the Bible. Scriptures is what you need to apply. Now, look at what happened. Let's read verse from verse 15 in Acts Act chapter 1. You know, we can't operate by assumption. We can't operate by just the therapies of the world. You know, at this time, we have to make sure that we are grounded in scriptures. That is part of how we get rejuvenated. The word of God rejuvenates us. He said, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. And then, what did he say? Uh, next verse, he said, and said, brothers and sisters, the scripture. Repeat after me, say, the scripture. The scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judah. So there was an unfortunate event that took place. Judas betrayed Jesus, and Judas killed himself. So some things have happened in the past this year also, right? But he says, you know, those things, you know, they, they happen, right? But now we've got to move on, but we have to apply scriptures to move on. He says, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus? In our verse 17. He was one of our number, and he shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell. I want to just pause and say this thing to you. You know, I don't know. The Holy Spirit is bringing it to my heart. Listen, they said Judas had a share in the ministry. In other words, it was part of an assignment. But then something happened in his heart, and before you know it, he betrayed Jesus, and then he got some money from it. And then he went to buy a field. You see, when he was buying his field, doing all that, you know, that looks like prosperity. But he had left his mission. He has left his assignment. He had gone, he had, he had allowed something that happened in his heart to shift him from what God has spoken to him about from the beginning when he was called to be a fisher of men. But you know what happened to him? You know, he, from what, where, what he bought is what eventually he was buried in. I just want to you know, speak to those who are watching me right now, somebody who is watching me right now. Maybe you have been, you know, the devil, the pressure that has taken place or the, or the devil has been working upon your mind to try and derail you from the assignment that you are part of. God calls people to do things together. God calls people into assignment. He said in Acts chapter 13 verse 1, you know, he said while the, the, you know, the people were praying and all that, you know, then the Holy Spirit said, as we were ministering to the Lord, verse 2, as we were ministering to the Lord, he said, the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul, Acts chapter 13 verse 2. Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I called them, for the work which I called them. So they were called to the same work, to call to go to the Gentiles together as partners. But then they had this agreement somewhere along the line, and Barnabas went back, and went back out of that assignment that God has called them to. So sometimes certain things happen that move us out of what we have a share in, what we are partner. The word share there in Acts chapter 1 is partnership in. Moves us out. It might be offense. It might be something that happened with somebody else. It might be something, you know, just the devil bringing this to your mind. It might be, you know, just any kind of thing that he tries to use. So you gotta be, you got to be careful at this time. And I'm just praying at this moment right now, if there's anybody throughout this season that something has happened that has gotten you dislocated, that has gotten you distracted, that has gotten you off your path, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ right now for God, for those, for the, you know, by the power of God, for those weak knees to be strengthened and for your path to be made straight again in God's divine purpose and assignment for you. You will not miss his purpose. 
you will fulfill it. You will fulfill it. You will be in time. You will be in tune. You will be aligned so that you can actually advance the way God wants you to advance into what he has called you to be. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Uh, so we, are, we apply the scripture. So what did they do? Verse 18 of Acts chapter 1. Acts, Acts chapter 1 verse 18. You know, he talked about Judas. And then in verse, two, verse 20, Peter said, it is written in the book of Psalms. Let there be no one to, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Oh, I pray that nobody will take our place of our leadership. So which leads me to my final point today. How do we, how do we get reactivated? What is the sequence of reactivation? Uh, from returning to seek to reapplying the scripture, the final one is to restore the system. Listen, I want to end with this. A lot of things have happened, just like things that happened in the lives of the apostles at this time. Their lives were shaken. Jesus was taken. They had experienced betrayal. They had gone into crisis time. Things have gotten broken. Things have gotten lost. Trusted people, they have shifted. People that were on fire, they had lost their fire. Judas, Peter, all kinds of things had happened. Some people had deserted their company. People that used to get excited, they were not there any longer. So they have left their place. Now, we don't sit there and begin to mourn. What we need to do is that as, you know, for, the, for the reactivation to take place, we need to take time to begin to fix the broken things. Maybe some things have happened during this time with you and your wife, with you and your husband, with you and your children, with you and your family members, or with you and your church members, or you know, regarding your assignment or in your workplace, some things have happened, some things have been broken over this anomaly that we have gone through in 2020. It's not time for you to sit down there and mourn. It's time for you to begin to restore the broken things, to begin to restore the system, to begin to fix those broken things. You can restore leadership where it has been lost, starting from your own self-leadership. Maybe you have lost your self-leadership. Maybe you have lost the prayer, you know, fervent that you used to have. Maybe you used to pray before. You used to be more organized before. Maybe you used to, you used to serve in church before. Maybe you used to, you know, just do things before. You have lost it. It's time to restore your self-leadership. Like they had to restore the leadership of Judas. It is time for you to restore your self-leadership. Or to restore the leadership of your organization. In City Light right now, we're going through a time of, 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 of different changes taking place. The Life Development Center, you know, and all that. We're going through different things that is going on right now. Because God is putting things in place. He's restoring leadership. He's realigning things. He's rearranging things because of what is coming. Because of what is about to happen. So it's time. Don't mourn the past. Sometimes it's a replacement that needs to happen. That's the only possible thing. So maybe you have lost something. It's time for you to stop crying about it and look around you because there's a replacement that God always has. God is never stranded. God always has somebody there who has not bowed his knee to bow. God always has things, you know. God moves things around. It's always there. We just need to be able to see it. So that's what the disciples did. They looked, verse 21, look at it in verse 21. Verse 21, they said, therefore... It is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. So timing was very important. Oh, this, you know, sometimes people have been around you or the solution has been around you for a long time, but you didn't even notice it. You don't even notice it because you were not paying attention to that. But the crisis and those things that happen make you to pay attention to things you were not paying attention to before. There are certain things that you've not been paying attention to. They are all around you that right now you can now see them. They've been there the whole time. 
The Lord Jesus Christ was living among us. This guy has been with them for a long time. There are certain things that have been with you for a long time, certain solutions, certain ideas, certain things that you never noticed. But now God is bringing your attention to them. It's time to restore the system. He said, let's go to, to the last verse, verse 22. Beginning from John the Baptist to the time when Jesus was taken off from us, from one of these, one of these must become a witness with us of the, re- of the resurrection. Verse 23, so denominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, and Justus and Matthias. And then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these you have chosen. Anyway, they, made, they went and they made the choice. Uh, verse 25 says to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. And they, they cast lots. And the Lord fell on Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. So what did they do? They restored the system. They fixed the broken thing. They fixed the gap. They did that. God is saying, these three things, pay attention. Return to seek. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Reapply the scriptures. Get your solution from scriptures and begin to apply it to your life. And finally, restore the system. Restore the prayer system of your life. Restore those things that have been broken down during this time. It's time to step, you know, to be stirred up. It's time for reactivation. And that's why I'm ending this message by calling upon everyone who is listening to me. Join us in these 21 days of prayer. Join us in the small groups that are ongoing. Join the small groups. Maybe you've not attended the small groups in a long time, or maybe you don't, you know, you, you need some information about our small groups. You can find the information on our website, and you can find you can find it on the, the, the page with which you are watching this right now. You can find information about how you can contact us, how you can how, how, how we can reach out to you and give you more information. I'm even instructing that small groups this month, and you know, I'm speaking to small group leaders in City Life. Try to spend time praying together. You know, use those small group time to really pray about the, the subject that you are talking about. You know, if, if it is about relationship, pray about your relationship. If you are single, pray about your singleness. Pray about God's plans there. If it is about business, pray about your businesses. If it is about finances, pray about your finances. If it is about family, pray about your families. You know, spend some time, some extra time to pray this month. Also, the spicy nights, we're dedicating it to reactivation. We're going to be hearing the stories of some amazing people, some wonderful people that God reactivated or that went through, you know, some certain things, you know, downtime and God reactivated them during this period. We're going to be hearing from some of our youth also. They're going to be talking about what happened to them during the pandemic. I want you to tune in to the Spicy Night on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. I'm going to be hosting it myself. And I think it's going to be a powerful, powerful time. I'm really looking forward to that. Let's get reactivated. Let's get reactivated in the, in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray for everybody that is watching me right now and just release the grace of God over you, even from this word that you have heard. And I want to pray for those who have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So just bow down your heads where you are. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word that you have given me to deliver today about reactivation. Thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for the spirit that is coming upon your people right now. Thank you for the rejuvenation that is taking place in their spirit. Thank you for the restoration that is taking place in their life. Thank you for the release of the anointing that is coming upon them. Thank you for a new beginning that is coming. Thank you, Lord, for the season is shifting. The season is shifting for them. Thank you, Father, Lord, because their spirit, the great treasure that you are putting there is being reactivated. Their gifts, their dreams, their talent, relationship, the connection. 
Thank you for a collective reactivation that is taking place right now. Lord, and throughout this month, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for anybody who is watching me who has not received you as their Lord and Savior. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that this activation of their spirit that is dead to sin, that is, that, that is dead in sin, that is, that is submitted to the devil, oh, through sin, Lord, that there will be a reactivation, that there will be a, there will be a release of your life into them as they receive you as their Lord and Savior right now in the name of Jesus. So if you are watching me, I want you to, you know, and you have not given Jesus, giving your life to Jesus, you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray wherever you are right now, just simply tell Jesus, Jesus, come into my life, revive my spirit, oh, transform my spirit, change me. Make me a new creation. Make me your child. I confess you as my Lord and Savior and I receive you into my life. And you will see supernaturally something is going to happen in you. God's life is going to come into you and you are going to become alive again. He's going to wake you up from the dead and set you up on your feet so that you can go ahead and fulfill your purpose. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And you have prayed for that. If you have prayed that prayer, please reach out to us through the contact that you can see on the screen. Reach out to us. We would like to help you. We would like to join you in our journey. We would like you to join us in our services also so, if you are watching and you would like to be part of the church, the church is still alive, it's still moving on. We're meeting in small groups and we're also, uh, we're, we're also meeting online. We have different events that is going on. Join us in the prayer meetings. Just join us. We'd like to reach out to you. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.